Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hi everyone, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but last week I developed vertigo, which isn't what everybody thinks it is, i.e. fear of heights. It's loosened crystals in your inner ear, which caused by an infection or possibly... Some blow to the head. Yes, exactly. Or deep sea diving. You've got to stop it. I've got to stop Maybe that. it's the cold water swimming. No, it's not the cold water Could swimming. Could be. I know that you want it to be, oh, but it's not. Oh, that would be a I'm harsh, harsh reality. Shush. It is not. No one has indicated that it's anything but good for my central nervous system, The um, this cold water swimming. How's anyway. your central nervous system doing? It's doing fine, thanks. <laughs> anyway... Uh, yes, I'm so much more chilled. Thank you. So as a result, anybody who's had vertical will know it's horrific and you feel like you move your head and you feel like you are on a roller coaster almost instantly. It sort of just like spins you round. Your eyes kind of shake until you kind of recalibrate. And they actually do shake. You yes, don't like you're do. having a fit. You do, basically. And it's incredibly frightening. And when you are, you know, a little bit unstable anyway, the idea of sort of metaphorically, the idea of actually being physically unstable is you remember, really disconcerting. Do you remember that... Um, that that uh, thing that was going around on social a few months ago, and it was various people just sitting or, or, or sort of lying on tables. It would just say unstable on the table. I mean, and the irony is, is that if I had tried to put you on a table last week, you would have rolled off. I you would, were so unstable. I was so unstable. You were too unstable to be unstable on the table. I was too. Oh, that's how unstable I was. Oh, it was dear. very. But it was really. It, oh God, all of these things I think make us feel like somehow we are vulnerable, and that is really, really frightening. And my. Austin Osteopath brilliantly did some kind of manoeuvre, which we Googled and I think it's called the Epley manoeuvre. But anyway, it's, it's like a twist of a, of, a, of, a, it's of a neck sort of rotation, really exciting. And it's fixed it, but it has left me with a kind of residual sort of not dizziness, but like the echoes of dizziness, I think, and kind of a gingerness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like gingerly walk down the stairs. Yeah. Fucking hell. Anyway, that's yeah. me. How are you? Oh, I'm absolutely fine, but I'm being rebirthed. This afternoon. <laughs> oh my God. This afternoon I shall be reborn. I mean, I'm not sure anyone's ever needed a rebirthing more, to be honest. Um, everybody needs to know, Annabelle, that you are currently looking at me with wearing the brightest of lipsticks. It is a NARS really, really bright matte lipstick. Black, sort of thick rimmed glasses, gold hoops and some gold flashes in your hair. And this is all to disguise the fact that you are... A little bit tearful today. A little bit tearful, but... Um, it's it, an old trick. I, I remember when I was, uh, when I was in my, um, my first flat living by myself and um, if I was feeling blue, I'd grab a weird coloured lipstick and put it on. And then every time I went to wash my hands in the loo, I, or I'd forget, obviously, and catch sight of myself. And it would be kind of a cheery-uppy thing with a sort of weird coral mouth. And this is a very good red lipstick. And I love red lipstick, but I'm always too intimidated to leave the house with it on. So I still put it on like a sort of dressy up thing rather than a grown up thing. What's really interesting as well is that I think that because what you're wearing, the glasses and the gold hoops and the lipstick is very defined. And I think when one is feeling very undefined when yeah. one is feeling very blurred kind of around blurred the edges and collapse it's quite nice to have that sort of definition so I'm looking at you now and I feel like you're sort of slowly you know feeling like it's becoming of... less pixelated <laughs> yes exactly. I know I feel like a cartoon when I've when I've got these funny horn-rimmed glasses on uh 20 quid for five pairs from Amazon always invest in your eyes guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no no one's actually told you that you need a prescription or anything right and Just the red lipstick stuff. with an extremely vicious lip liner around it so it's 
absolutely like it's printed on. But we've been thinking a lot about disappearing because someone wrote to us the other day an email and the reason that they hadn't got back to us was they said that they had disappeared into the things. Yes, sorry I haven't replied. I, I disappeared into the things. And we wrote back and said, oh my goodness. <gasps> I mean, you know, we have a very hard relate to disappearing into the things. Yeah, I mean, I think disappearing into the things and what are the things we disappear into? Well, so- I think... One of the reasons I put on this stupid slash sensational red lipstick today is because um, I disappear into the sadness. And that was what was threatening to happen. I, I don't talk to anybody. I don't answer the phone. I just let it sort of swallow me for a while. I don't know how to sort of fight back on that. And it's funny because I'm losing touch with happiness as well. I realised the other day something very, very good happened. It was undeniably a good thing. However hard I could try to find, (laughs) you know, the shadows on the moon, it was a good thing. And the only reason I knew that I was happy was because I was physically shaking, (laughs) not because my head was saying, I'm so scared, I think, of what comes up must go down. Of like, you know, this idea that I have, that that this is really unhealthy, by the way, everybody, of that this instinctive... Um, reaction I have to the idea of hope, which is that it's just sort of rolling out the red carpet for pain. We were talking about it last week when you were like, the boiler is fixed for now. Everything, it's like a qualification. It's like the tail end of the message that you send out to the universe is always, uh, I cannot ask for too much. I will just ask for right now or whatever, or I'm prepared for the, I'm prepared for the pain. Yes, always slightly in the brace position. Yes. Uh, Which is not summoning abundance into your life, by the way. (laughs) I know, it's manifesting. Yeah, so so the sadness is is where I can just sort of, I can erase myself in, uh, in, into that. And it's quite funny, me trying to cheer your sadness up. And you came down the stairs and I said, oh my God, that lipstick looks amazing. And you had not put it on yet. I said, I'm, I'm not wearing any. You went, and you went, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I said, you are an entirely adorable person. That's what's wrong with you. I tell you, I disappear into the idea that somehow if I plot enough, if I, if I, if I plan enough, I will get things under control. And actually, it's an incredibly punishing thing because it's sort of, apart from being annoying for everybody else, it is the fact that I believe that there is somewhere a key ingredient, a key move that I can make that will make everything kind of fall into place. Yeah, it can make you quite manic. I said to Emily's husband the other day, I said, gosh, we were just about to go into this big meeting about something really important. And she suddenly started talking about all these micro things we had to do. And he said, oh my God, she does that. It's so annoying. And I think when the pressure of something big happening opens up, yawns in front of you, then you start doing out loud micro plotting about, you know, lists that we need to make. Yeah, I disappear into the kind of, into the, into the kind of control, as it were. Mm. And I try not to think of myself as a controlling person. You're not. I know, but I think that I am in the way that I would like. You'd like like to be, maybe. Maybe I'd like to be more controlling. Isn't that interesting? Is that so weird? Nobody wants to be more controlling. <laughs> Except you. Yes, exactly. That wouldn't be so weird. What else do we disappear into? We, well, I mean, we disappear into our phones. I mean, we use them to blank out. Like, like getting high. I mean, you know, it really does feel like that because rather than doing anything or... You, you, can, find, you can find a way if you're feeling sort of tired enough and flat enough to spend a Saturday afternoon, you know, not going out and doing something, not even doing laundry, not reading, not even watching a movie, just to sit there and scroll Yeah, on your bed. But it's really annoying as well. And I really, I catch myself doing it. Let's say you've got like a 10 minute window or like a 50 minute window, you're waiting for someone. Mm. And instead of, you know, reading a worthy book, I'm only kidding, but you know what I mean? Instead of all sort of, or even just sort of letting 
thing letting sort of I don't know thoughts like wash over you imagine sitting there staring to space like a psychopath like we used to do when we were you know teenagers and it, exactly and maybe an idea might come instead we're sort of just sort of we're just sort of kind of chewing I don't know it's like sort of it's like the fast food for our brains isn't well it? I think it gets in the way of us you know it puts a block between us and ourselves yeah doing that, you yeah know, connecting with ourselves so it's a shame but I mean you know there we are genuinely genuinely disappearing I also think that and again this is sort of the inverse of the controlling disappearing is that we control we disappear into the panic yeah I, I know exactly what you mean and then you can't you know you can't see out because you are, everything is vibrating and no one can really see you because you've become a, a panicked hologram of a person. Yeah, just sort of like blurring, like like the Tasmanian devil of panic. Yeah, and that thing where you try to breathe deeply. I think I have a sort of Pavlovian response to deep breathing now, which is I do it when I'm panicking. Therefore, if I start to do it, my body knows that I'm panicking. So it doesn't really work anymore. I'm also horrified about how shallowly I breathe. You know, when you're in, like when I was in the osteopath the other day. Were you panting? My, and, and, well, no, it was just like, he was like, no, deep breath. And I was like, and he was like, no, what even was that? That's like literally like a gulp. And I was like, okay. And then of course you do breathe deeply and you think, oh my God, oh my God, yeah. I'm actually breathing. Yeah. And then, you know, back to, it's like when you're, when you put your head on the pillow and you're actually not resting your head on the pillow at all. You're just so hold, hovering it above. And Rigid. when you remind yourself to kind of sink down, you suddenly are like, oh my God, I'm literally holding myself in this kind of, can't be good for us. I mean, none of this can be good <laughs> for us. I, I disappear still into property porn. Ah. Uh, you know, it, it, and it, it, you know, but it's not just, you know, a simple, should I move down the road because I can't afford to do my leaking kitchen? You know, but I'd rather be renovating, but that's never going to happen as I sort of pathetically save and then have to spend the savings. But it's more like, oh, that enormous castle in the furthest tip of the Scottish Highlands is really very reasonable. <laughs> oh my God, look at all those derelict rooms you could I know, look at, the crumb- <laughs> look at the crumbling turrets. Think of what one could do with those. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to cost a fortune or anything to heat. I know, the heat. Have you noticed everyone wants to move to Lisbon? Yes, it's really disconcerting. Is it like a, is it like a tax break or something? But I keep, I can't move for people who want to move to Lisbon. Why aren't we moving to Lisbon? I don't know. Why aren't we brave enough to move to Lisbon? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if we, we decided that we just like, right, the middle is moving to Lisbon. I know, I sort of think Lisbon, tiles, design shops, Lisbon. And that's all <laughs> I know. There's some, there's some, there's some tech thing going on in Lisbon, is there? Which I think there is, going. yeah. I think there's some tech tax situations which means that people can move and kind of work and whatever also I said to you when we were talking about this earlier I said oh and it's only an hour's time difference you're like basically so many places are an hour's time difference I mean what are you talking about exactly it's like you're talking about something that's a 13 hour flight away but it's so interesting Lisbon is definitely the kind of the word of the moment anyway I don't think it's part of my identity I used to think that I would end up living somewhere else for a bit mm. and it turned out not I mean, to be true identity i'll find out more about my identity later when i'm rebirthed oh on God. zoom in my bedroom for a story that i'm writing for the evening standard do you think that you will like what is the point of it is it to is it to like emerge as a kind of new person or is it just to, to kind of to what like a to... phoenix from the ashes a butterfly from the chrysalis yeah i have no idea i've done absolutely no research i just know i'm doing it. i'll do a little read up before the event and report back i wonder if it could be at all like you could access a time like where everything worked out really well and you knew exactly who you were and you were like and everything was under control and it was all fine that was a good 10 minutes yeah past lives Ooh. Mm. 
Because, I mean, we are all totally in a kind of permanent flux of our identities. It's so interesting, the kind of the experience now that we're both we're both sort of very fixed on things we like and don't like. But at the same time, we find ourselves we catch ourselves all the time with these huge kind of personality shifts. I know, I agree. And that you, it's almost like we're adopting different personas, trying them on for size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the women in us. Exactly. We are all more than one woman. But, it, you know, often it's quite ill-advised, isn't yes. it? Yes. I mean, I, I think at the moment, I certainly, me, and to a certain extent, you were flirting with the idea of becoming a sort of diary of an Edwardian lady lady. <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing, it's like one day you're young and carefree and the next you're saying, oh, look, there's a tufted titmouse. <laughs> there's a yellow crested bum puncher. Uh, I mean, you know, so, and, and along with the bird watching and fondness for, for sponge, I mean, actually, didn't you make a posset the other day? Yes, I did. I made a posset. Hello, a lemon one. I also, honestly, m- my favourite cake is now a Victoria sponge. Like, what the hell? I'm looking for my next needle point. <laughs> you are. You literally said out loud yesterday, I need to find my new needle point. And I just think, I oh my God, we are constantly in saying In the hope who... that it will sort of ground me. Also, for the first time in my life, I, qu- I quite want to know what the different trees are. I mean, I really, I don't even know what an oak tree looks like. I've never sh- expressed any interest at all. I mean, I like the fact that they're there. You know, what the flowers are. Oh, I really would like to know more about the flowers. Also, the other day, I turned on um, the radio, and it was Radio 4 in the car, as discussed on previous episodes. I always leave it there so that people think I'm intellectual when they get into the car. Anyway, and it was Garden as well, and I listened to the whole thing yeah. about about when sweet peas had become popular in the UK. I thought, my when? God, this is fascinating. 1770-something. Um, I mean, we'll be sketching next. We could do... <laughs> We could do life classes, lifeless classes, where we could all, we could run mid-art lifeless classes where we all just go and slump behind an easel. Oh my God, that's a genius idea. Yeah, quick. Let's do it. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now you guys know that we're not shy about getting things off our chest. The tiny inconveniences that can ruin our days to the big overwhelming worries that can flood our nights. Trouble is, we all got into the habit of saying, I'm absolutely fine. Emily and I added the but specifically to get off autopilot and give ourselves the space to say what we were really experiencing. But we weren't always so free with our inner furies. A few years ago, I began experiencing debilitating panic attacks because I felt I couldn't tell anyone all the things that I was feeling, that I was not coping, that I felt like a failure. I was so ashamed, so I kept it all bottled inside. And of course, it started leaking out. It was only when I found a therapist and began sharing those doubts and insecurities with her that the panic began to dissipate. Because therapy can be a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash midult. Better help, because sometimes the best thing to do is acknowledge that we are not, in fact, absolutely fine. Let's do it. Also with a slight sort of Fanny Price headache. Oh my God, I think that I'm going to get to the point where sort of deadheading roses, the roses that I have grown. No, this is not going to happen. But anyway, give me a headache. Uh, yeah, I'm getting little headaches. Um, I never used to have little headaches. I'm getting little little. I'm headaches. having dizzy spells. This is it. Oh Honestly, God, none of it's good. So none of it's diary good. of an Edwardian lady, lady. Okay. That should calm us the fuck down. All right. So the other day, someone asked me if I wanted to go to a festival with them, which 
I have to tell you, is an act of aggression, a master's piece in love, if ever I've heard it. But I think that there has been like a huge, because of Daisy Jones and the Six, which Annabelle has declared unwatchable and I was addicted to, everybody is just wanting that kind of like 70s Woodstock, Joshua Tree kind of rock vibes. Like, why aren't I wearing kind of tiny kind of crochet crop tops? Maybe that we've actually crocheted. In a, oh, in a crossover as, from Yes. The, oh my um, goodness, that's like a time-space continuum gone mad when the Edwardian lady lady crochets for the festival things <laughs> that she's about to become. This is where we're at now. Anyway, but I think it's we're all sort of like reaching for the cheesecloth. I do like a cheesecloth dress. Doesn't wash well though. Does it not? Does well, it get I all always shrink it. Yeah, always sort of yeah. <laughs> but I mean washing. I mean I have to tell you something. <laughs> Some days, and you know that I'm a I'm a cleanliness freak. Yes. Does anyone remember Wayneetta Slob? Oh, I loved Wayneetta Slob. I mean, there are some days, aren't there, where you just think, why would I wash my clothes? I'll just put this on again. Quite like, you know, why would I wash myself? Slightly meaty smell, but you know. (gasps) The meaty smell. Why would I shave? Why would I, you know, have a pedicure? Why would I bother waxing? Why would I wash my hair? Yes. And I thought that, you know, it was interesting. I thought that maybe lockdown had kind of killed our kind of grooming schedule or at least sort of dulled it down what those expensive rolling appointments yeah and I think they did and then I think we all went mad again and thought oh my god cleanliness is everything well I tell you what happened in lockdowns we started doing it all at home yes and then when we realized that we didn't have to do it at home we could neither be bothered to do it out or at home no so we just stopped doing it yes and also and it's awful because you know the clocks have gone forward so it's light so you can see the beard the claws the leg hair it's it's like it's it's not spring fever it's a whole new gives a whole new meaning to spring fever you know it is true the older you get the uglier you're willing to go out in public (laughs) it's so true honestly sometimes I go out and I'm wearing like someone's sweatshirt some not mine who knows could it be left there like very old shoes that are just falling apart and I'm like my that's hair why is not done. you got stopped in the street the other morning yes, and someone right. thought you'd been wandering the streets all night <laughs> it's because of those get-ups that's why <laughs> I know and every morning you know and I think this is also to do with you know these sort of mini identity crisis identity crisis that we're having daily possibly hourly is that I honestly wake up and think today I'm today I want to look fabulous i know you do have that don't you 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 do you sort of look at yourself in the mirror and you go today i'm gonna dress like a badass yes you you really yes. believe that you can sort of use clothes to morph into this fantasy person you want to be but then you do not use no. the clothes i look incredibly like nice was <laughs> <laughs> strange for me to say that I look nice, but I, I know that there's well, again, no, like, I know that as far as you're concerned, your fashion problem is that you always look nice. I just always look nice. I mean, there's occasional times when I've looked, do you remember when that time we went to like a really important meeting and I basically turned up in fancy dress? Oh my God, it's because, it, 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 yes, it was, I remember saying, what the fuck? It's because it went, it was, it was a, it was a, what do they call Not a heat blast. Heat wave? One of them. <laughs> you see, it was a heat blast. I'm glad you're going to be reborn. Maybe <laughs> reborn with, I like heat blast. We need one. Um, I yes, it was it was a sudden heat wave, and I think that actually in London, I think British people immediately look like they're in fancy dress the moment it gets hot because no one really understands the heat. You were wearing a bright, flouncy pleated bright pink pink shirt, a very weird old yellowing man's vest t-shirt. Yeah, some 
gold sandals that someone had given us both for free when we both worked on the same magazine about 25 years ago. They were like Celine with Dr. Scholl and I have kept them, held onto them with just like such a love, thinking that they're ever going to be anything but totally gopping. And a very peculiar basket. It was a very peculiar basket. I mean, it's burned on my brain, the image of you that day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, anyway, I've never worn like that outfit of, again. You were like a sort of village idiot little girl woman. <laughs> <laughs> and the look of hope on your face. <laughs> the look of hope. I mean, but that is the thing. Makes me want hope. to cry. But the, everything oh, makes me want to cry. No, 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 no. no. But no, this also, is the other you are thing. Gonna cry. Sorry. Not during this podcast, I'm not. <laughs> okay. But, you know, t- talking of who we are, I'm just, I'm a massive, it's a bleeding heart, you know. Yeah. Crying for myself, crying for you, crying for other people's stories, crying for the world. Just, it's you know, it, it's, it might, I, mean, I must look completely unhinged and I'm not saying I'm not. But I find it quite hard to, to turn, to turn off the tears. Yeah. No, it's, um, I, I totally agree. I'm... And then suddenly... From softy, softy, no skin, really, really caring to some fucking thug hard man. <laughs> Yes. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say the word, but yeah, just everyone's a bunch of psychists. Yeah, it's it's like um, that new thing on Sky Town called Malice, and they've got a very clever tagline, sun's out, guns out. I love that tagline. Sun's out, guns out. That's it. So maybe this time, this summer, when the sun comes out, I will not bring out my Celine fake Dr. Scholl sandals. A flick knife. Exactly. Or my lady muscles, which uh, I'm going to have to remember to be nice to you about your strange sunshine outfits or you might come for me. It's so true. We can literally oscillate between bleeding hearts to hard men within like seconds. Must be very disconcerting to be around. Yes. Do you know the other thing about all the crying? Yeah. Is that we've become a a sort of resource. What, like a a sort of of unnatural resource? Exactly. It's true. Imagine if they could find a way to convert all our stress and rage into electricity. And we could power the national grid. I mean, we could fill reservoirs with our, like, with our, like, lady tears. I mean, yes. I no, no, I'm saying lady tears. Because it's, it's, it's left open from the Diary of Edwardian lady, lady. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm I mean, no more hosepipe bands this summer, right? We could just, you know, we could, we could cry them a river. We could cry them a river. We could, with our anger and, and, you know, our blurry panics, we could, you know, power the national grid. We're like... Maybe there's a gassy stage to look forward to. And inevitably there will be, right? We could just sort of plug our bottoms onto the Nordstrom pipelines and <laughs> that will be the end of the energy crisis. Does that happen as you get older? Do you get very gassy? <laughs> of course. It's bound to happen. Very <laughs> gassy, things falling up, dizzy, you know, and as we get older, in, to compensate, we become kind of, you know, maybe with all this unnatural resource, we're actually kind of being at one with the earth because we're sort of I don't know like witchy or something well that would make sense because there are definitely definitely witchy episodes <laughs> you know like if there's a full moon we can just go oh you know it's not your fault it's a full moon <gasps> I like it because it's quite a good way to avoid conversation I'll do anything to avoid a proper conversation what do you mean as in what because if we well, just you say go... something like oh you know you know I, you know I just I just feel it in my bones oh I see and what and that's like it's done. a conversation stopper right <laughs> We need more conversation. Yeah, it is what it is. Do you know, I had such a panic... This too shall pass. <laughs> you got this. No, kidding. But um, I had such a panic the other day because there was a... I, I was seeing on Instagram whiling away 10 stupid minutes when I should be thinking about greater things. 10 and, stupid hours. Um, yes, exactly. Is that Pluto is entering Aquarius for the first time since 1777. I know you sent me that in a, in a, sort, of, in a sort of terrible, you know 
you know, pyre of panic. Well, because and I looked it up. It's good. I know, but the thing said it's going to send shockwaves. I'm quoting now: send shockwaves through our collective and individual responsibilities. Massive long-term transformation. I know Hello? what you mean. Transformation means change, and change is really scary. Change is really but scary. It, but it, it, it is meant to be positive. I can't believe that I'm the one saying that, but it is. I know normally I'll go for the downer. But but this this Pluto in a in in Aquarius thing is meant to be good news, guys. Well, I think a symptom of my vertigo has been to really focus on downers. Oh, really? Yes. You're turning into a pessimist. I think I am finally. I've Miss been Dolly Sunbeam into a pessimist. Yeah, it's that's, happened. That, you've been broken. Don't say that. That's awful. No. Why? What? What? What's been getting you down? I'll tell you what got me down. Last night I went to bed completely exhausted, mm-hmm. and I realised that I had stripped the bed earlier that day put everything in the wash, wash the sheets, put them in the tumble dryer, but I hadn't put them back on. Oh, my God. So I had to go downstairs, I know, upstairs, and then make the bed. But, like, at 11 o'clock. Nobody wants to do that. No, nobody wants to do that. And I think that we underestimate how taxing making a double bed is. But also, I think... I mean, I get lost inside that duvet, sweaty... (laughs) miserable for I mean you know minutes at a time also because it's late and you're not concentrating so I actually put the duvet on the wrong like inside out and then I had to take it off and do it again so that's like double yeah for my lady arms yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I take talk of a lady problem which is a downer is when you you pull on your much loved favorite favorite pair of knickers and your thumb goes through the elastic (gasps) at the sides oh my god you know, but and they're favourite because they're special because they're so soft because they're so loved they're so worn. I love those. And your thumb or your finger, depending on how you pull up your pants, just goes straight through, and that and you think you have to throw them away. You then don't throw them away, which is another sign of our dereliction. Derelict is that we actually keep them. Yeah, it's true. And because, as the, because and it gets I tell bigger you why, and bigger. Because this is sort of hate crime and a massive downer. They may have been discontinued. Jesus, what? Just the, I think that that is a that is a sort of. When we're talking about active aggressions, I think that's an actual sort of insult. Well, it feels like a personal slight, doesn't it? When something's, you know, even whether it's whether it's your favourite cheese on your delivery order or your lipstick or, you know, the shape of a pair of pants. But when things are discontinued, it, I mean, you know, that, that, that always takes the wind out of my sails. Yes, because I think it makes you feel wrong. Again, all of these things make us feel yeah, wrong, I no longer they? fit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because things I like are no longer available, therefore I'm being sort of edged out of existence. Yes, exactly. I'm sort of irrelevant. Oh my God, that's deep. Well, I can't tell what's not deep. It's <laughs> the downer effect of um, uh, a light bulb going, particularly if a light bulb goes in anything that involves a ladder. A ladder. Oh dear, I do not like having to fetch a ladder. No. For all the vulnerabilities and the, and the kind of, the sort of awkwardness and the fear of falling and whatever but also just sort of I don't know it feels so yeah perilous yeah but also if I could like if I was in the Harry Potter book and I could you know wave my wand and snap my fingers and a ladder would appear I'd climb it but I have to go into some dusty cupboard and wrestle with I don't know coats or bags or suitcases to try and get the fucking ladder out and also I'll probably see a moth and a moth is a downer. I killed a moth this morning. Good. Sorry. Yeah, that's Buddha. okay. No, yes, yes. A moth gosh. is down because where there is one moth, there are moths. Yeah, I know. Mice. Mice, same, you, same. You know there are more, right? The other thing about going into the cupboard, you know, where you go and get the ladder, is that there are also all the bags that you haven't, like, handed back, or there are all the old toys or whatever that you keep meaning to give away 
to people in a sort of sensible way and you, you keep thinking oh, one day I will be worthy and donate or, or whatever or my ladder's in my coat cupboard which is like a terrible mess and uh and also I, and I open it I look at all the coats there are I don't I've got two coats that I like but there are like a lot of coats in there that remind me again of all the women I've been yeah I look at them and in one I see the shadow because I was so heartbroken I practically ceased to exist another one I see the pirate from the spring when I just drank what I wanted and you know did what I wanted with whoever I wanted and hopped on planes like there were buses and that was all fine and then another one I see you know and I just and it's it's funny you can look around your house you can look through your wardrobes and if you're if you're feeling vulnerable if we're talking about that then you are vulnerable to this assault of past present and future yeah true and And it gets you down it does I tell you what else gets me down what emails that say things like your insurance is due your car insurance is due your home insurance is due your holiday insurance is due yes is holiday insurance due but you know what i mean check your gas bill oh my god or more annoyingly is sign up now for a smart meter oh my god or this is or save the date oh stop i mean isn't it awful because save the date is always a downer because we're you know terrible people who find plans frightening and no plans frightening but then if someone says to you oh have you received the save the date and you haven't oh god actually i've just had a whole that's awful isn't it because you're both humiliated by the the lack of invitation and also yeah yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you know... It's, it's a no, it's a lose-lose situation. A save-the-day is a lose-lose situation. Also, or, when I see a save-the-day, I think expensive. Yes, yes. Because if it doesn't involve a car, a train, or a plane, or a dress, or a present... Or a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Talking of uh, saving the dates, we'll be back in two weeks. Yes, save the date to listen to us. <laughs> because we're hoping to have someone quite uh, useful and clever on to talk to us about surviving all this stuff that we've been talking to you about. Yeah, exactly. So. And also, I would have been rebirthed by then, so God knows what you'll find. I mean, it's all to play for. Yeah. Have a good couple of weeks, guys. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midalt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. Hi, my name is Kay Adams and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.